remember that saying, patience is a virtue? Welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host. And today we're going to talk about the case of Gilbert Nunez and Tom Coleman. And instead of a cocktail tonight, I actually have a pop tail. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of those. It's those Dailies pop tails. Oh, figured I'd try it out. Not sure how I feel about it yet. So you'll know if you hear me drinking them again. Tom Coleman was born March 22nd, 1967 in Queens, New York, and he grew up in Long Island. He graduated from West Babylon High School and attended at Stony Brook and received his undergraduate and doctor degree. He graduated from West Babylon High School and received his undergraduate and doctorate degree from Damon College in Amherst, New York. He was an area resident for over 20 years, and then he was employed at Optum Health in the physical therapy department. He was the director of utilization management. He also worked as a physical therapist for Always There Performing Healthcare. He was a very hard worker, and he was respected in his field. At the age of 44, he was already divorced with two children and eloped in Vegas with his second wife, previously Linda Allen. They lived in a very nice split-level, middle-class neighborhood in the town of Saugerties. He was a volunteer Little League coach. He had two children from the previous marriage with Michelle. He had Bradley, age 17, and Jillian, age 15. But they all lived in Colorado, but he was still very much into their lives. But he was still into their lives. They would talk all the time. They would go and visit each other. So he was definitely a present parent, even though they lived far away. Linda also brought a daughter into the marriage. Her daughter was Brooke Hines. And together, the couple had Ryan. So they seemed to have the perfect blended family. He always had a smile on his face. The business was thriving. Everyone seemed to be really happy. Linda also worked, and she worked in the medical field as well. So they did pretty well for themselves. On November 29th, 2011, Tom got up like normal, 5 a.m. He gets up, gets dressed, and he heads to the gym. He goes and does that every morning before he heads to the office. So Linda was going about her day, everything was normal, and it wasn't until she got a call when she was home from one of his co-workers asking where Tom was. And she's like, what do you mean, where is he? He should be at work. They told her that he never showed up. So she goes into panic mode because she knows that's not like him. He's not one to play hooky or do any of that kind of shit. So the first thing she does is she heads over to the gym. She wants to go see if anyone's seen him. Maybe he's still there. Maybe his car's there. When she pulls into the parking lot, she sees his car and it seems like he's just sleeping in the driver's seat. So she goes over and she opens the door on the passenger side and she sits down and she's like, come on, you know, wake up. What are you doing? You're supposed to be at work. When she touched him, she felt that he was cold. So she automatically called 911 and they were on the scene within three minutes. One thing that detectives notice when they get to the scene is where the car was parked. You know, you think like when you're going to the gym and you're going to work out, you're going to park somewhat close to the building. I mean, you might want to walk a little bit. You are there to work out. But this car was so far out in the parking lot, it didn't make any sense. 
at 5 a.m., why do you need to park that far from the building? Second thing is, it was the way he was positioned. His seat was laying back, and his pants and his shirt were disheveled. His belt buckle was loose. I think his fly was down. Yes, I just called it a fly. (laughs) And they're like, something's just not right. Something weird is going on here. But one thing is for certain, there's nothing they can do for Tom. Tom is already deceased. They have to break the news to Linda, obviously, who's there on the scene, and she just loses it, of course. You know, she just lost her husband of 10 years. Cops and detectives, they're not sure what they're dealing with. There's no sign of a struggle. There's no drug paraphernalia. There's no wounds. There's no blood. There's nothing. It literally looks like he lay down took a nap, and just never woke up. Another person who arrives at the scene is Gilberto Nunez. He was a close friend of the couple, and he seemed to be very distraught about this as well. He couldn't understand what was going on. He actually made it a little harder for them at first because he was just so erratic about the news that they had to attend to him to calm him down when they need to be checking out the scene. They start thinking that it has to be something medical related. Maybe he had a heart attack. Maybe it was an aneurysm. He did have sleep apnea. Did he take a nap and then he died that way? It was looking more like cardiac arrest, but they wouldn't know for certain until they get the autopsy done. In the meantime, family and friends, they start to gather to start trying to figure out what could have happened. Tom's four kids come, ex-wife comes, everyone is just so distraught. It was just so sudden. No one had any idea that anything was wrong. And looking at the crime scene, it's just odd. When the autopsy comes back, they're shocked because... The cause of death was undetermined. There was no related health issue that would have caused him to die. So their next hope is the toxicology test, but that takes a lot longer. That takes months. Crime scene investigators take closer look at the car. They want to see if they can find any clues on what in the hell happened in that car. They were in luck in one area because there was video footage of the parking lot. So they can see Tom pull in on the far side of the parking lot and he parks. Not long after, a white SUV pulls up right beside Tom's car and it sits there for like 35 minutes. The SUV then is seen driving out of the frame. Tom's car never moves. They are like, who is in this SUV and what just transpired between these two cars? You couldn't tell because they were literally right next to each other. And he was so damn far. While everyone's speculating, trying to figure out what's happening, cops know that they're going to need to bring both Linda, Gilberto, and other members of the family down to the station so they can start talking to people, trying to figure out a timeline or maybe somebody knows something. Gilberto was Tom's best friend. He met Linda first. Their son, Ryan, and his son, they went to the same school. So they had the same kindergarten class and they had the same karate class. They would see each other often. She introduced Tom to him and they really seemed to get along. Gilberto was going through a divorce at the time. It was kind of nice for him to be able to get out of the house. That is when he had time because not only was he like the town dentist, he was also a volunteer firefighter. So it's not like he had a whole lot of time, but those were his best friends. 
Gilberto had been practicing for 18 years, and he had a really good practice going. In fact, Linda would go to him for dental work sometimes. And it was one day in particular that she went to get some dental work, and Gilberto kissed her. At that point in time, Linda and Tom, they were having issues in their marriage. And Gilberto's going through the divorce. It kind of gave them something to talk about. And she did say in a episode that I watched on Dateline that she found him smooth and sexy. She said he had a Latin accent and... I mean, come on, girls. You know how you feel about a man with an accent. Now, some are sexier than others. I think we can all agree on that, but yes. When their affair started, he moved out of the home that he shared with his wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, and he moved into an apartment above his dental practice. That's convenient. And that's where Linda and him would meet to have sex. He was in love with her. They were able to pull off an affair for about a year until Tom got an anonymous text message one day, and it pretty much outed the couple. So when he confronted Linda... She didn't deny it. She did. She owned up to it. And she was honest, saying that she kind of felt like she had feelings for both of them. And she didn't know which man she really wanted to be with. Tom, being the man he was, told her it was okay. It was cool. He said he was going to give her the time that she needed to figure out what she wanted. He loved her and he wanted to make it work if that's what she wanted. But the thing that astonished me is Tom and Gilberto remained best friends. He did not get upset. He did not try to fight the man. Instead, he would invite him over for Sunday dinners. Like, <laughs> what? I don't know. So now she's got both guys kind of looking at her and she knows she's gonna have to make a decision like soon because both of them love her. Both of them want to be with her. It's ultimately her decision. While she was still in this process of trying to figure out who it is that she really wants to spend the rest of her life with, it was Tom's birthday. They decided that they were going to take a family trip. And while they were on this trip, it's when she realized that she really wanted to make things work with Tom. She did love him and she wanted to work on the things that weren't working. You know, they built a family and she wanted to pursue that. She already been through a divorce with children and she just decided we need to make this work. Her plan was when she got home from vacation, she didn't want to do it while she was on vacation and she didn't want to do it over the phone. So she wanted to get home, get situated, and then meet Gil and tell him her decision. But she never got that chance because it was that very next day that Tom was found dead in his car. So she never got to tell Gilberto that she was picking Tom. Well, this stuff is so sweet. I don't know. (laughs) When they brought Gilberto in for questioning, he did not deny the fair. He's actually the one who brought it up to the police. Police still did not know until they brought him in about the affair. So, of course, they're going to have to bring Linda back in because, Linda, you got some explaining to do. She told the police, though, that she picked Tom. She told Tom she wanted him and that's what she was going to do. She planned on telling him later on that day. But Tom was found and... I mean, the day went to shit. She didn't get a chance to tell him. So they got Gilberto saying, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're in love. And we got her saying, well, okay, yeah, I fucked up. But 
it was over. They're not going to take either one of their word right now, and they're going to have to do some investigating. Since Linda told police that it was over, they wanted to put them under surveillance. They would have their own person following them around to see if there was any contact with them. Did they meet up somewhere? Did they accidentally run into each other somewhere? Did they talk on the phone? They were watching pretty much everything that they were doing at this point. After a few weeks, they were able to figure out that things did seem to really be over. There was no contact between the two at all. It took two months for the toxicology report to come back and the results showed that Tom had midazolam in his system. It's also sold under the brand name Versed. It's mostly used in anesthesia for procedural sedation, trouble sleeping, and severe agitation. It works by inducing sleepiness, decreasing anxiety, and causing a loss of ability to create new memories. It's also useful for the treatment of seizures. It can be given by mouth, intravenously, or injected into a muscle. Effects can last anywhere between one and six hours. The side effects can include a decrease in efforts to breathe, low blood pressure, and sleepiness. Police know the main people who are going to use this drug is doctors and dentists. So they look at Gilberto again. Could he have done this? He did have a white Nissan Pathfinder, which matched the car that was seen pulling up to Tom's car. In Gil's interview, he had told police that he was home sleeping. So, I mean, obviously that's not really an alibi, so they have to look into this a little deeper. The case was now turned into a murder investigation and they started making moves. They thought back at how he acted at the scene and thought he was very overdramatic and they're wondering if he was trying to cover something up. They also have to check out Linda because, don't forget, she works at a medical facility too. They go to her place of employment and they check the inventory there to make sure all of their midazolam was accounted for. She also took and passed the polygraph, so she was then eliminated as a suspect. Police were able to discover that Tom, that text message that he received that was anonymous, it actually came from Gilberto. He's the one who sent it. He wanted Tom to know. He was growing impatient. He wanted Linda all to himself. It was taking too long. So he thought, hey, if I can make Tom leave her, then she has no other choice. She'll be with me. They bring him back in for questioning, and that interview lasted seven hours. They confronted him with everything that they had on him. They told him, you know, the same car that you have is at the scene. And it's, no, I was home in bed. They found two vials of Versed in his office. They were found in an emergency kit, but both of them were unopened. He had an answer for everything. He refused to take a polygraph, and then he lawyered up. So since he's not talking anymore, they go and talk to the ex-wife. They wanted to see what she had to say. When she found out about the affair between Linda and Gilberto, she was shocked. She had no clue and never thought anything about all of their friendship. They hit it really well. No one had an idea that something was going on between them. Nobody. 
They did find male DNA on the top of Tom's belt buckle, but they couldn't get a match on it. They took Gilberto's and they took all the first responders that were at the scene, just in case there was any kind of cross-contamination that way, and nobody was a match. They're dumbfounded. They thought for sure it was Gil. When his came back negative, they're like, what the hell? They also realized that the original autopsy was incomplete. You'd think they would have got it right the first time. It took three years to get the ball rolling again. Turns out the DNA they found on Tom's belt was from the man who was previously on the autopsy table. Can you believe that shit? It was cross-contamination. They were worried about the first responders at the scene, but it took them a while to say, hey, let's check whoever, you know, was on the table before Tom. And it was a match. Now they know they can't really say Gil's not it anymore. But by now, Gilberto is already married, again, with a different woman. They went and got married in his hometown of Dominican Republic. He was still practicing dentistry in the same office, living his life. Four years after Tom's death, they indicted Gilberto on second-degree murder. They felt that they had enough on him to get a conviction. In May of 2016, which is four and a half years after Tom's death, his trial began. Prosecution told the jury about the emails going between Gil and Linda and that they were hot and heavy. Gilberto was obviously obsessed with Linda. Linda took the stand at one point and told the jury that when they were first kind of like getting to know each other way before anything happened, that Gil told her that he was also in the CIA and that his job was to put trackers in people's mouths. <laughs> now, they did find a fake CIA badge at his house, and he also had like a fake screen background on his computer. Like, bro, <laughs> what? So, obviously, that was to kind of attack his character. He was lying about CIA and stuff like that. Plus, that is a felony. You cannot impersonate a federal officer. They use software that the FBI uses to be able to zoom in on the SUV that was parked next to Tom to try to get a better idea of the make for sure, the model for sure, and to see if there's any defects. Does anything stand out on this car that we could say, yes, this is the same car? When they put the two images together of the 2010 Nissan Pathfinder and the one in the video, it's a match. Another thing they do is they find other cameras around the area. They watch it drive just to see if there's anything again on the car, any discrepancies. And there was a headlight on both vehicles, the one that was seen at the scene and the one that Gilberto used to own. Oh yeah, because he sold that weeks after Tom's murder. I mean, you know they're gonna find it, which they did, and they were able to tell that it was the same headlight, the same pattern. It was some kind of like malfunction, I think, with brand. I, I don't remember, they went and all that. He hired Gerald Shargle. He was the lawyer that represented John Gotti. He said that there was no reason for his client to kill Tom because Tom was fine with the affair and that Linda 
didn't have the chance to tell him that it was over. He didn't know it was over. They're saying Tom died of natural causes. Or maybe he met a lady. When they found him in his car, on his phone was a website called BeNaughty.com. They're thinking maybe he hired someone to meet him in the parking lot. She drove a white SUV. She had access to the midazolam at 5.30 in the morning and she met him at the Planet Fitness and maybe they were having an affair. Maybe that's why he was okay with their affair. He was having one of his own. The CIA materials that were found, that was just a joke. He was kidding. He's not really trying to be a CIA. He was just fucking with people. They found searches on his computer for Bursad. They said it could have been anyone in the office and it wasn't used in a negative manner. It wasn't like Versed murder. It, it was just for the medication. Nothing about hurting, killing, anything like that. And they also pointed out that Tom had an enlarged heart. So it could have been heart disease, heart attack. It took the jury six hours to find Gilberto Nunez not guilty of murder. The jury said that there just wasn't enough evidence to convict. He didn't exactly get off scot-free though because he had many, many more trials after that one that he did not get so lucky in. By the end of his whole trial history, he was charged with two felony counts of forgery for impersonating a CIA agent. He was also indicted for seven felonies, grand larceny, insurance fraud, and five counts of falsifying business records. And that was related to a 2014 fire in a building he owned. He was found guilty on all seven counts on October 25th of 2016. February 2017, he was sentenced to jail and was sent to the medium security Altona Correctional Facility in Clinton County. He was released on September 10th of 2018 based on merit time. That is fucking 19 months out of seven year prison sentence. That is a joke. 19 months. He will remain remain on parole until October 2nd of 2023 and he lost his dentist license. Tom's 18-year-old son, Bradley, ended up taking his own life over the death of his father. He said that he just wanted to go to sleep and wake up with his dad. Per CBS News, after everything that happened, Linda has kept away from the public eye, and every day she deals with the guilt of believing that her involvement with Gilberto led to the death of her husband, and every day she hates herself for it. She has apologized to Tom's family and close ones, but it seems like it's a long road until she reaches the point where she can finally forgive herself. I don't know if the man did it. It seems like he did, in my personal opinion, just everything kind of adding up. And he did. He wanted his way. He wanted to get Linda. It's either that or maybe it was like an escort or something came and maybe she robbed him. I don't know possibilities are endless. If you would like to hear more on the case, make sure you head over to my Patreon page. There I have my After Hours edition where I go over the case a little more, my personal thoughts and feelings. I forget things in the episode, so you get all that stuff there too. If anyone out there has a story that you would like to share, whether you were a survivor yourself or a loved one of somebody who was, Feel free to contact me at crimeovercocktails at gmail.com or you can send me a message on my Instagram page.
Don't forget while you're listening to like, follow, subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. It means the world. Word of mouth is amazing as well. I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. And we'll talk crime another time. Bye.